Welcome back to another Mercado update. This week we'll be covering livestock, wool and grains. We'll just be giving some short sharp summaries of what we think are the most important factors in the market at the moment. So we'll jump straight in. Uh, fundamentally, there hasn't actually been that much new information when it comes to grains. Over the last uh, probably six weeks, we've seen uh, the global futures markets, for instance, uh, Chicago, in a rapid decline. And this has largely been driven by speculators in the market short selling. And when we talk about short selling, what it effectively means is that it's there's somebody in the market who believes the market is going to fall. So they have a negative sentiment towards the market. So they sell the commodity with the hope or aim of buying it back at a cheaper price later on. So that's what's effectively happened. We've seen short positions increasing in, in the wheat market. Until uh, Tuesday this week, uh, the market hit its uh, contract lows and then, it, then it's bounced back off those contract lows. So in, in Australian dollars, uh, the market rose on Tuesday about $11 a tonne. And that's off the back of uh, basically short sellers deciding this was the time to close their positions and, and take some profits. So that's been a really big driver in the market. And it's not necessarily all that surprising that they want to get out of their positions at the moment because we are coming out of that you know, winter dormancy period in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's when the risk really starts to come into the market. You know, any, any small things that happen in the market in, in, in the growing season in the US, Russia, uh, Ukraine or, or Canada uh, will drive those markets quickly. So that's really just a, a short, sharp update of what's happening in the market and, and probably the most important thing that's happened this week. So I'm just going to pass you off to Matt and he's going to cover off uh, sheep and cattle. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, this week we're going to actually be looking at both sheep and cattle markets in the livestock uh, update. Uh, we got some feedback last week uh, from our listeners that we didn't cover sheep, but just wanted to make the point that uh, we're really just going to focus on things that are relevant and interesting um, that we've seen in the week for um, for the markets we're focusing on. So we'll start with sheep and uh, some analysis on Mercado this week. Um, both Angus and I looked at sheep, uh, and in particular, um, Angus looked at the level of sheep and uh, and lamb slaughter that we're seeing so far this season. And the story with uh, this slaughter level is we've, we've been seeing quite elevated uh, levels since the start of the, the, the year. Um, looking at the forecast from MLA for, for what's expected for this year for both sheep and lamb slaughter, uh, we've been able to project that forward and, and effectively it's shown that if we, we can't really keep the momentum up with these levels of slaughter for the whole year, um, otherwise we're going to come in at a much higher rate of sheep and lamb slaughter at the end of 2019. So it's basically saying that uh, as, as the season progresses we're going to have to slaughter less as we get towards the uh, middle to the latter half of the year and, and that's going to mean there's going to be you know, lack of supply uh, towards that period of time so it's going to be good for prices. Um, something that that flowed through to with regards to the analysis that I undertook uh, this week for sheep and lamb markets uh, was to do with our forecasting model for the uh, Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator. Uh, so we were able to refine um, some of the methodologies and some of the processes and, and build an interactive model that looked at things like our slaughter level, but also the Aussie dollar and um, some demand factors out of our key export um, destinations. Uh, and, and effectively we built a model that we can play around with scenarios and adjust slaughter levels and adjust the Aussie dollar level or you know, certainly adjusting also the demand factors uh, to see what, what it means for um, something like our forecast for the next few years for the ASTLI. 
Uh, and that basically shows a, a positive scenario that um, certainly for the next few years we're looking at annual average prices above 800 cents on the current estimates. But even if we go through to a much higher um, level of slaughter uh, for this year of lamb and sheep, we're still looking at prices in the 700 cent level as an annual average. Um, so so it's, it's pointing to, to still quite a good um, situation for sheep producers. Uh, turning to cattle markets, the big story has been uh, the decline in in uh, young cattle prices we've seen over the last fortnight and, and certainly seen the Eki uh, just sneak below the 400 cent level uh, just this week, got down to about 385 cents. Uh, and look, that's been driven uh, largely out of um, northern markets, so Queensland and uh, New South Wales markets have been where the declines have been most uh, prominent. And um, if you break down by buyers uh, of the Eki type buyers, it's really been the restockers that have stepped well away from the market uh, and to a degree prices as well, whereas the, the feedlot buyers are still um, you know, holding in there and paying a little bit above what, what the other two buyer types are doing at the, at the sale yard. And that's interesting because, um, you know, with, with we, what we see with these feedlot buyers, it certainly um, given the season and given the lack of uh, or the, the small size of the cattle herd at the moment, um, there is a view as we head into winter that there will be uh, a lack of supply of, of decent quality finished cattle. And I think we're seeing that now how the uh, feedlot buyers are behaving. They're out there buying um, these younger, younger ecky type cattle. Uh, and obviously putting them through the feedlot, just despite the fact we've got fairly high grain prices, um, they're still happy to do that. And I think that's because there's a fair degree of certainty that uh, come the middle of the year into the end of the year that uh, prices of finished uh, finished cattle will be um, will be at a bit of a premium just because of this lack of supply. And I think that pretty much um, sums up the livestock markets for this week, Andrew. Thanks for that, Matt. I'll now pass you off to Robert, who will provide some insights into the wool market. So after last week's um, wool report, I had a call from Andrew Lindsay, who uh, heads up Primaries Wool in WA, and he made a really interesting point. He said that, uh, and we're, we're probably guilty of this to some degree, he said everybody talks about supply in wool and nobody talks about demand. And it's probably a simple reason for that, that supply is something where there's a lot of statistics and a lot of information available, whereas demand is a little bit more difficult to get a handle on. So... In an effort to try and um, address that, and thanks, Andrew, for your call, um, I had a look this week, and uh, a lot of the information about demand is on the AWI website and uh, comes from AWI, so I guess it's something that they're interested in promoting and sending out. But So some of the statistics that were obvious in that, um, when I started looking at that, was that last year, uh, out of China, and China's the key to this because that's where most of our wool goes, Apparel goods um, supply or exports, the export of apparel goods out of China was up 3.5% on the previous year. And these were much better results and they related pretty much to luxury goods. And uh, it sort of seems like those luxury buyers and those countries where people have a lot of disposable income were shaking off those concerns of China. Um, in terms of price, uh, there was other, and, and once again I'm referencing here AWI, but they make the point that in from 1999 to 2009, wool really just languished along the same trajectory as its competitive fibres. Um, didn't go anywhere, didn't perform very well at all. However, in the 10 years just gone, so from 2009 onwards, they say it was a real breakout year for wool prices. And, and the statistics speak for themselves. So wool had a 157% increase over that period and compared to cotton, which was up 33%. Of course, uh, we need to remember that that period also coincides with a massive decline in, in wool production and sheep numbers. So 
you know, what's driving that is for debate, but uh, the, the question of what the price is and, uh, and where it is, that's not up for debate. So what about going forward? Well, uh, there are also on um, the AWI um, publication, the uh, Beyond the Bail, which is a very good, uh, good glossy publication for the wool industry, they talk about things in the future like it's a live and breathe campaign. So in that campaign, they're looking at promoting the health benefits, the green credentials of wool, the fact that it's environmentally um, sustainable. Um, it has, um, uh, you know, providence declarations, uh, less laundering and all those sort of things that make it uh, make the consumer aware that this is a very um, a great product. So. While we're not really putting our finger on what's driving demand, we can see where it's come from in the last 10 years and what are the, um, the issues that, that the industry is saying is likely to, um, uh, to push it forward. So 2018 was a very positive year for wool prices and as AWI says, that was due to improved demand. Uh, we're saying that the 10-year period was also influencing, or what, the other thing that was influencing prices was also the big decline. And in uh, looking at Lionel Plunkett, who is the AWI uh, chief economist, he makes the point in the same publication that bales offered at auction this season are 16.8% below where they were last season. Now, if you want to know a bit more about the detail behind all this, um, Andrew Wood's article on Mercado, he, he makes two good articles in recent times. You can find them quite easily by searching on Mercado. The first one uh, is titled quite, um, well, it's a title I think you'll remember. It says, How to Lift Merino Prices? Answer, Reduce Supply. And so you can see where he's coming from there. And then his article we just posted today is talks about China's GDP. So the, the GDP in China, what does it tell us about wool prices going forward? So that's the, uh, the backstory to wool this week. Thanks for joining us to listen to our Market Insights. If you're looking for any more detail in, in any of our commodities which we cover, the best place to go is mercado.com.au. Uh, we've got over 3,000 articles. Uh, if you don't have a premium subscription, uh, you can sign up for a free trial, which gives you 30 days access to all of our articles. Uh, and if you want to upgrade to a premium subscription, it's, it's pretty cheap. And, and I'm a Scotsman saying it's cheap, at $270 a year plus GST. So thanks for listening. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And uh, we'll see you soon.